Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church as Pastor Joel preaches from 2 Samuel chapters 8 through 10 with a message entitled, Room at the Table. Uh, well, I want to begin this morning by reading a portion of our scripture. And as they have for hundreds of years, I'm actually going to ask you to stand. We're going to read a portion of our scripture today. It's from 2 Samuel 9. It's in page 243 of your pew Bible, if you'd like to, to read along. Page 243, 2 Samuel 9, and beginning in verse 1. Well, I'm going to read a, just the first few uh, verses. 6.9.1, it says, And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I'm your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul, that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He's crippled in his feet. If you just skip down to verse number 7, David talks to this son of Jonathan, and David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. Always. I'm glad you're here this morning because I want to tell you there, there's hope for the broken. So I don't know what your last week was like or what your life has been like, but if you're here today, I want to tell you there is hope no matter where you're at. Let's start by, by praying. Lord, as we approach your word written to us uh, and translated through faithful men and women who so regarded these scriptures and, and saw the power of you as your life and your breath breathes into them, uh, and can transform our lives. Lord, I pray that you would do that this morning, that we would have ears to hear, we'd have uh, eyes to see what you'd want us to see, and that our hearts would be softened so that when we, we leave here, we would love you more. We'd feel more free in who you've made us to be and, and who you're calling us to be. Lord, I pray that uh, whoever's here and feeling discouraged and alone and broken Lord, would hear this good news of hope found in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. Well, uh, I want to set up the message today uh, by sharing with you a story of a time uh, that I was lame. Uh, not both feet, but just one, one foot, actually. I had the opportunity in 2016 to go to Mexico. We got to scout out uh, this ministry we were doing down there. Uh, it was great. We ate a ton of tacos, like morning, noon, and night. Uh, and it was, it was a short trip, but there was the highlight for me was on the last night before we left, there was a bunch of, uh, bunch of guys going to go out and play soccer. And I was like, oh, man, I get to play soccer in Mexico. Like, so fun. They had this, like, uh, 
It was outside, but it was covered, and they had like this astroturf on it. It was a little bit old and worn out, but there was probably 40 guys there, and we were just going to rotate in, and I was the only uh, gringo uh, playing, and it was just, it was so fun. So I'm out there uh, having a great time with all these guys uh, who are way faster than me, um, and about halfway through the match, I'm running through the middle to kick a goal. I was going to, it was going to be a goal, uh, <laughs> but I ended up getting my foot caught on that astroturf and twisting my ankle. And so here is this, I'm like twice as old of all these guys, uh, and I fall to the ground, and I, I am in some serious pain. Uh, but, so everyone's like crowding around me, because I'm the, the, you know, the guest there, uh, crowding around me, you okay, you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. And my, my ankle is just like swelling up. And they're like, oh no, you're not fine. So they help me up and bring me to the, the sideline, and then they keep playing. Were you with me on that trip, Ryan? Oh, uh, they keep uh, playing, but you could see that they're feeling bad. Like, boy, we just uh, we just hurt our guest, uh, you know, who's who's here. And so they they'd come by. Are you doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just I'm fine. Yeah, it's great. All the meanwhile, my ankle is just like, and that might be a man thing. It might just be me uh, thing. Um, the next day, we go to the airport. We're flying out, and we have a, a layover trip as well. Uh, and I don't know if you realize how much you have to walk in airports until your ankle hurts. You can kind of feel me, right? So you get to the gate and you're just walking, walking, walking. And the whole time I'm just like, I'm limping hard. I'm in some serious pain. We actually did the transfer in Dallas, uh, Texas, big airport, a lot of walking there. I finally get home and I'm limping all the way to Amy and I'm like, oh, I'm in such pain. And Amy sees me and she's like, oh, what'd you do? And you know what my response was? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh yeah, I played some soccer and fell down. You know, I'm getting older, but it should be it should be just fine. Oh, for the next several weeks, I'm limping along. Uh, it's pain going to bed at night. I don't know if you've ever done that. Like I couldn't even have the sheets on my. Uh, I had to turn around and sleep with my feet off the bed because my ink, the sheets were pressing down on my. Oh, it just hurt. Well, but it was like six weeks later. I'm I'm doing just fine. Uh, so you've all been there, too. Uh, six weeks later, I'm doing just fine. And, I'm, and actually, I'm coaching my uh, daughter's soccer team. Uh, it's soccer season. Uh, and we're doing great. And I'm out there hobbling around. But I got an ankle brace. And I'm doing, I'm doing just good. Uh, until uh, a couple weeks into practice, I'm running with the girls. And I end up, same ankle. I, I clipped it. And it just spilled over again. And it was uh, it was brutal. I don't, know, I don't know who. You were there for that one? And you guys were there. Uh, so it was right up here at like the school up there, and it it swelled up like it was. I, I was trying to find a picture because it was like it was huge. I couldn't even walk that time. So was it you, Mike? That drove. They had to drive their car all the way through the fields with all these teams going, and there I am, like feeling like oh, what am I? Like I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Well, I couldn't even I couldn't even walk. So I get uh, I get home. I think somebody drove me home. I don't remember how it all went. Get home, and Amy Amy says, "Are you finally going to see the doctor?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm broken. My my foot hurts. I don't know if I'll ever. I'm getting older. I don't know if I ever play soccer again. Uh, I, I can't drive my car. It's a clutch, and I have to use my right foot. I can't drive anymore. I'm like, I'm broken. I, I realized." I'm broken. Well, I want to bring us back to the text this morning. Because we are going to see a man in our story who's broken. 
He's alone. He's frustrated. He's got no hope for the future. But the good news is that he does find hope. That this loving kindness of a king seeks him out and gives him hope. You see, there's hope for the broken. That's our point this morning. No matter where you're at or what you're feeling or what you're going through. Uh, physical is, is more probably just illustration of it. But inside your, your heart, your relationships, your, your, your messed up past, there is hope for you this morning. And you might be thinking, yeah, I, yeah hope, sure. But I don't know if you know how bad I've messed up. I don't think you know my family's history. I don't think you, you realize how far gone we are. Is there really hope for me? Well, let's find out this morning. We're going to turn our attention to a man named Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth is an unfortunate name that they named him, but it's actually a very powerful uh, name. We get an injury story of Mephibosheth uh, a few weeks ago in 2 Samuel chapter 4. And let me just tell you the, the injury story of Mephibosheth uh, because it will relate directly to our story today. Uh, see, Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. So he was royalty. Mephibosheth was, uh, grew up in the palace, had everything he ever needed. I mean, he was, he was set uh, for life. Well, he was five years old in the palace playing with his toys or doing whatever uh, you know, royalty does in a palace uh, when all of a sudden there's just chaos that erupts. See, there's news that uh, Mephibosheth's dad, Jonathan, and the king, Saul, had been killed in battle that day and they knew the enemy was going to come and get them. So chaos in the palace. Uh, this young five-year-old Mephibosheth, he, I'm sure he's just scared seeing what in the world is going on here, his nurse, the lady who really took care of him all his life, comes running by, screaming, crying, picks him up and grabs him on the, his hip and starts, we got to go, we got to go now. They're going to come, they're going to get you, they're going to kill you, we got to go. So here's this five-year-old kid just running. And the next thing, the next thing you know, uh, there's a, a fall and then there's the sound of breaking bones as the nurse falls on top of him and Mephibosheth, both of his feet are crippled and the crowd trying to get out is still just going over and doesn't even care. There's blood, there's screaming, there's chaos. And this kid's five years old. He, he's taken away, he has to be carried away uh, to this nowhere town and nowhere land. No hope, uh, no future for him in pain. And frustration. And that's really where we pick up our story today. Fifteen years go by. Mephibosheth is living uh, like I was just those few days or a few months. Uh, frustration and pain can't get comfortable wondering what's next. Where's their hope? We'll pick up our story in 2 Samuel 9, uh, page 243 again. Um, we're going to Quicken the pace. So if you've been with us, you know we've been going chapter by chapter. And up to this point, uh, we've been going pretty much a chapter at a time. But we're going to end before Christmas, so we're going to speed up our study in 2 Samuel. So we'll be skipping a, a, a few more of the highlights rather than all, all the details. So what you just have to know about 2 Samuel 8, since we won't be going over that, is that David is uh, crowned king. He's gone out and he's defeated every enemy there is to the north, the south, the east, and the west. There's peace in the land. Uh, David has now established the king victorious. He's beat everybody. Now we go to chapter 9. 
Chapter 9, verse 1. And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Kindness for Jonathan's sake. We'll stop right there. Because I need to tell you something about this word kindness. It's not like uh, I'm just going to do some nice things for you. This actually comes from a Hebrew word, hesed. Have any of you heard that word before, hesed? It's a very powerful word in, in Hebrew. It appears all over the place and mainly speaks of this loving, kindness, care, covenant relationship. Most of the time that God has with his people. This isn't just, hey, I'm going to buy your lunch today. Well, that's really kind. This is, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be loyal and faithful to you. This word hesed, which we translate kindness or loyal uh, or loving kindness, you might have heard before. We're actually going to see it three times in our text today. Uh, Let's continue on. Verse 2. Now, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called to him, they called him to David, and, king, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? This loving, faithful care of God to him. Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. He's broken. Verse 4, the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, at Lo-Debar. Now, heads up for just a minute, Lo-Debar. Uh, this is another very powerful, uh, impactful word. Uh, Lo-Debar is a city uh, that no one really knows where it's at. It comes from the Hebrew word lo, which means no, and debar, which means like thing or word. Uh, it could be like no pasture. Uh, this is nowhere land. They've taken him to some place like uh, where they took Luke Skywalker when he was a baby, the Tatooine. You can picture it in your head. No pasture, no land. It's dry. It's desolate. They've got nothing there. No restaurants, no movie theaters, nothing. And that's where Mephibosheth has been driven away to. Verse 5. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Maker, the son of Amiel, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, I'm your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Verse 9. Then the king called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, All that belong to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till till the land for him, and shall bring the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, According to all that my lord the king commands his servants, so will your servant do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table 
like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephibosheth's servants. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he ate always at the king's table. Now he was lame in both his feet. Just so you remember, this lame son has been brought from nowhere land to eat at the king's table. I want to make two points from this text this morning. First one's this. If you're taking notes, write, write this down. God's loving kindness, his hesed love, seeks out the broken. God's loving kindness seeks out the broken. You see, it moves towards the broken people. Not away. It goes towards the pain, uh, not protecting its own self. The, this broken son of a failed king and a failed dynasty who can't fight, he can't serve, he's no good. He's lame in both his feet. He's good for nothing. And that's where they go and find him, in his brokenness. See, the king, uh, David, motivated by God's kindness, this hesed love, seeks out the broken, goes to them, to the place where they are broken, and goes, I see you. I see your pain. I know the hurt that you have. You're not forgotten. You're not alone. But get this. It doesn't just leave them there. It actually, this hesed, this loving kindness of God shown through David the king actually offers three things. We see them all in verse 7. Three things, powerful verse. Let me read it one more time. Verse, verse 7. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness, that word hesed, for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul your father, and you shall eat at my table always. Three things that this hesed love of God offers to people. So write, write these down. First one's this. God's loving kindness offers protection. It offers protection. He says, don't be afraid. I, I know that you're a son of my enemy from before, that you have nothing to offer the kingdom, and you bring him here. He's just defeated all of his enemies all through the land, north, south, east, and west, and finally finds, uh, finally finds Mephibosheth in this broken nowhere town and brings him in. What do you think Mephibosheth is thinking? It's over. I'm done. He's cleaning house. He's beat all his enemies, and now he's finally found me and coming after me. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm going to die. And the first words that he hears from King David is, don't be afraid. It, when you're here, I'm going to protect you. you. you got nothing to fear. I'm not going to let any enemies take you or hurt you. I'm not going to harm you or hurt you. Don't be afraid. It offers protection. Second thing. God's loving kindness offers provision. He says, I'm going to restore to you all these lands and all these servants and uh, everything you need that he's going to be taken care of. This hesed love of God offers provision. You'll have everything you need. Now, you may not have more than what you need, but you'll have at least what you need because the hesed love of God is offering provisions. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to restore you. And then the third thing, God's loving kindness offers position. Position. It says multiple times, 
You will eat at my table always. You'll eat at my table always. And this isn't, uh, hey, if you want some food, come here. He's got all the food he needs. He's provided for. He could eat in his room and be fit for like a king right there. But that's not the point. The point is I want you to come and sit at my, at my table. It's not that you have to come into the, the palace, this great room, and go, hey, uh, can I eat here today? Do I belong here? Would you, are you okay if I'm here? Is there a place for me? Uh, that's not it at all. It's like David comes into this banquet room, clears the table off and goes, this is Mephibosheth's spot right here. So when Mephibosheth is carried in by these servants or whoever, he knows exactly where he has to go. And he doesn't have to come and go, can I eat at your table this morning? No, it's your spot. It's where you belong. He has a position. There's this relationship, this love of David to Mephibosheth. You sit right here. You belong right here. You know, studying through it, I can picture in my own head, uh, I'm at the end of our table at home, and then next to me is Amy. And then next to her is Hannah. At the end of the table is Abigail. And then Elijah. And then Caleb. And then back to me. When we come to the table, and maybe you do this too, when we come to the table, I know right where I'm going to sit. My kids know right where they're going to sit. They don't have to come in and go, uh, um, is it okay if we eat with you today? Is there a place for, like, I don't know, can you make some room for us? Or No, my kids walk in like, try, they don't even ask if they can eat with us. you believe that? They just come in. And, like, and they just plop down in their seats, ready to be. Why is that? They're my kids. They have a position, a belonging. They, they belong right there because they, they're my children. And, and David says, he clears his table and says, Mephibosheth, you belong right here. And he dined as like the king's son. Well, God's Hesed love, it seeks out the broken and, and offers them really three things, provision, protection, and position. But that's not the only thing it does. Here's, here's point number, number two. Uh, there's a call for the broken to respond. Now, God's loving kindness seeks out the broken, offers them this protection, provision, uh, a position in his kingdom. But it doesn't just end it there. It calls for them to respond in two, in two ways. There's a call for the broken to respond. Here's the first way. Uh, to acknowledge your brokenness. That's what he's asking. He just wants you to acknowledge your, your brokenness. Mephibosheth, in the very next verse, in verse 8, he responds like this. He's just received all this stuff. He's sitting at the king's table, and he says, What is your servant that you show regard for a dead dog such as I. We think a dead dog. That's a little rough, right? I mean, dead dog. You're better than that, Mephibosheth. You, come on, not a dead dog. Uh, but there's something about this phrase that I'm confident that, that made David flash back. It, it's a hyperlink in our Bibles. If you just click it, you would go to another story where this same phrase is, is being used. Uh, so flash back with me, like David would have, uh, when he was on the run for years from King Saul. He had nothing. He had no home. He couldn't go anywhere. He was being hunted uh, like an animal. Uh, he's hiding out in this cave, this 
stinky, nowhere cave with his men who are not the greatest guys to be around. They're all the rejects too. He, he's hiding in this cave when he should be in a palace, but he's got nothing. He's just got nothing. And Saul's after to kill him, and he's pursuing him. When Actually, Saul needs to go to the bathroom. Remember this story now? Saul goes into the cave where he's hiding, and he goes to the bathroom. Like, what a horrible place to be. Uh, but, but David, you know, remember this story? He goes in, he cuts off a little bit of the robe, and then Saul leaves. And then afterwards, uh, David goes out of the cave, and he holds up this cloth and says, Hey, uh, why are you going after me? He says in 1 Samuel 23, 13, After whom do you pursue? Saul, who are you coming after? And he answers it, after a dead dog. I've got nothing. Why are you even pursuing me? I, I, I can't do anything. Well, well, think of that. I'm just a dead dog. And David flashed back to the time where he had nothing. He was on the run. He was living in a cave that people went to the bathroom in. And now he's sitting at a, the king's table. So when Phibosheth says, why would you show regard for me? I'm a dead dog. I'm sure David said, you don't know the loving kindness of God. You don't know how it protects you. You don't know how it provides, how it gives you a position. And I want to show that to you. I'm going to show you the loving kindness of God and having you come to the table. If you just acknowledge your brokenness. Here's the second thing that the Hesed love Ask people that are broken to respond to. One is, is to acknowledge your brokenness. The second thing is this. Accept the invitation. I mean, it may sound simple, but that's what it is. Come to the table. Knowing that I can't ever pay it back. I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be equal. I am receiving all of this, but you still have to come. There's an invitation to come. You can accept it or reject it. Now, I want to pull in the chapter 10 to this, because chapter 10 is really a comparison to chapter 9. Chapter 10, we see another son of a king, whose name is Hanun, uh, who is offered this loyal love. Hey, come. I want to show you this loyal, loving kindness. Would you come? Let's see what happens. 2 Samuel verse 10. We're just going to read the first four verses. After this, the king of the Ammonites died, and Hanun, his son, reigned in his place. And David said, I will deal loyally. Now, that's actually our same word, hesed. Kindness, loyal love, faithful. I, I will deal hesed, loyally, with Hanun, the son of Nahash. As his father dealt loyally, same word there, hesed, with me. So David sent by his servants to console him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the Ammonites. But the princes of the Ammonites said to Hanun their lord, Do you think because David has sent comforters to you that he is honoring your father? Has not David sent his servants to you to search the city and to spy it out and to overthrow it? So Hanun took David's servants and shaved off half the beard of each and cut off their garments in the middle at their hips and sent them away. David goes, I'm not just going to show this loving kindness of God to those near me. I'm also going to do it to those far away. But as he, uh, as he gives this offer, this invitation for relationship to, to Hanun, Hanun goes, ah, too good to be true. There's a trick. There's something uh, going on here. 
And you know, I think sometimes as, as, as Americans and as uh, people who live here, we hear the words of God and go, he's going to forgive you. He wants to forgive all your sins. He wants, to, he wants to call you his child. And you're like, yeah, but for what? What's the catch here? If it's too good to be true, then it's too good to be true. Come on. There's something going on here. And so in that, Hanun, he goes, I, I don't want to come. And he actually shaves them off, shames them, becomes an enemy of David and ends up getting destroyed. He had this offer to the table, and instead he chooses destruction. There's one invitation. Would you come to my table? But we see two responses. One of them recognizes the brokenness, accepts the invitation, and comes and is like a child of the king at the table, receiving protection, provision, position. And the other one goes, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, I want to kind of land the plane here because the Lord has prepared a table for each one of us as well. Uh, we call it uh, communion, or some of us say the, the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's, it's a table that Jesus prepared for his disciples. And he said, uh, come, all of you. This ragtag group of crazy guys he brings together. And, and, he, and during that, he, he takes the elements, and during the meal he, he takes the bread and he says, this is my body, broken for you, to give you hope and a future in, in me. And after the meal he said, this, is, this represents my blood, poured out for you, for the forgiveness of sins. And he says, as often as you do this, remember me. As often as you do this. I think uh, as Mephibosheth, every day got up and goes, you know, I'm really not good for anything. I don't have anything to offer. And the servants bring him, carry him to his spot at the table and go, right here. This is where you belong. And he's reminded, I'm a child of the king. I have a place here. And in the same way as that, the Lord offers us communion so that we would be reminded over and over again. It's not that you have to uh, pretty yourself up and get everything right and, oh, i got to make sure I'm perfect before I come to the table. It's actually just the opposite. He goes, uh, this table that we have here is for the broken. It's for the people that uh, snapped at their kids this last week, who, who, who yelled, who, who did, took one more step than they should have in that one direction. It's for those people. And Jesus goes, as often as you do this, come receive my forgiveness, my healing. This is where you want to be. And so we're going to do that. We're going to uh, remind ourselves, and we're actually going to come to the table. So let me just uh, explain how this is going to work uh, real quick. We're going, to have, um, we're going to have the worship team come back up. And we have a, a table over there, and there's a table right here, and a table over there. Uh, if you haven't seen the little communion things, you have to, like, peel off the thing. And if, if you have a hard time doing that, just ask somebody to come with you, uh, and they can do it too. And just peel it off, have the bread, and then you have to flip it, and then the wine's on the other side. Uh, we do that, and then you just put the empty cups in those side things. Uh, we have uh, four songs. So, like, the next 15 minutes, we're going to be in worship. Uh, and so one of the things I don't want is for this to be like fast food. <laughs> we're like, okay, we're ready. Here we go. Doot, doot, doot. Uh, I'd really love for this to be uh, a time of responding. We're all broken. 
uh, we all need Jesus. Um, and and I, I want us to come at it not as like, oh, this is what we do. This is a ritual. and We're just going to do it. I, I really want us to go. I'm moving from my place of brokenness to the table of the king who has shed blood and broken body. His death and resurrection has, has paid for me. And it's given me everything I need for life. Uh, it doesn't erase Mephibosheth. He was still injured. He still could not walk. But, but he had wholeness and, and meaning in his life. Uh, so I just want to say, give space to people. If somebody comes up, just give them some space. We'll have time for, during these next uh, four songs. And if you'd like to, just come up and take them. Uh, if you don't want to, it's not going to be odd because there's going to be people coming and going. No one's going to count, oh, he did, he didn't. You just uh, stay seated if it's not where you're at. If you're ready to like, I'm not quite that broken yet. Um, if, I mean, but that's really the reality of where we, we're at. I'm not quite that broken yet. Uh, but if you are, and if you're like, boy, I acknowledge my brokenness, and I'm accepting this invitation to the table, then I invite you to come. Um, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I want to read uh, Psalm 23, because this, I think, I'm convinced that David uh, had his story and Mephibosheth's story uh, when you read the Psalms. Uh, think, think of the words that David says to Mephibosheth. Don't be afraid. I'm going to restore you. Eat at my table. Now listen to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you broken, Lord, all of us are broken and we're only redeemed and forgiven and set free when we come to your table. So, Lord, I pray that uh, as we respond to the Hesed love that you um, have sought each one of us, that you see where we are in our brokenness and, and call us to come, that we would come, Lord, and that it, this would be... Uh, a worshipful time to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to add, if, if you want to pray with somebody, uh, there's people all around in your pew. I'll be up here. Dean's in the back. And if there's just something like you need some friends to help carry you, uh, we'll, we want to be that for you as well. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church. Church.